All right, welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Huddle with your guest, Eric McNeil. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Mr. Alex Skazafabe, who is the head of talent at Max Management, who really, his whole objective is to get these athletes paid. Am I right? So, Alec, thank you so much for hopping on, man. It's, it's great to have you. No, amazing to be here. Love what you're doing. Uh, off the, you know, off the record, everything you do uh, in the finance space, everything you're doing to help athletes build their brand, I think is huge. I think there's a ton of synergy between you and I and, and conversations that we've had. So love to hop on here. Love to be part of what you're building, your brand in general, and tell a little bit of the story about ourselves and what we what we do. I love it, man. Well, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, just like you said, there's there's such great synergy. And that's actually the funny thing that I really want to talk about. So you are a professional in this space. Obviously, you know the podcast. It's a business podcast, but we interview athletes. Yep. From time to time, I interview um, like investors or agents, you know, people who are relevant to the space. And so I'm happy to have you. And it's so funny that we gelled so quickly, whereas probably 95% of the industry is so territorial of the athletes they work with. So I actually want to start with that. Like what, what makes you think the way you do? Why were you so open to connecting with me and being able to put some of that trust of me working with some of your guys and vice versa? Right. Yeah. I mean, you, one thing you said is like the whole industry is, is typically territorial. And I remember the first time that we, that we spoke, you would ask me about that. And I said, we're very different at max management. We don't operate and in a very territorial manner, we love collaborating with everyone in the industry, whether that's other agencies, um, whether that's, uh, you know, individuals like yourself in the finance space, anyone that, can help build our brand and we can help build their brand. Uh, we're always open to working with. We're not territorial as far as our clients. Obviously we have our exclusive clients that we represent, but if someone were to bring us a deal that we think benefits our client, we're always going to be all ears and listening. We're not going to go at, at an agent or someone and say, why are you pitching our client? We're here at the end of the day to help elevate our clients off the field. And if someone else can help provide that value, we're always going to listen. And when it comes to you, uh, it's more of just a vetting process and you came highly regarded from someone that I trust, which is a client. So if a client of ours trusts you, then I know that you, you run in the right circle and that you can help us and essentially help our client that we're trying to build their brand. So, uh, it's, it's always a vetting process. You obviously don't always, uh, listen and take advice from everyone, mm -hmm. but, um, you trust your circle, you trust who, 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 you know, and, and that when you're opening up your doors and, and taking collaboration from from other agencies and other you know financial managers and whatnot, if they're coming from people that you trust in the industry, then you usually know you're you're in the right circle. So that's kind of the way that I've always gone about it. Uh, it's the way that we have at Max Management. So that's why there's you know there was synergy with me joining this group. I loved what they were doing on that side. So it all kind of comes full circle. Uh, just the way that I like to work when it comes to other professionals throughout the industry. So trust good people. You're a good person. You're good people. Love so it. easy to work with when it, when it starts like that. Yeah. And, and it's so funny. You just mentioned uh, the agency as a whole. And like, that's how you guys operate. It's funny. When you first said that the night we met, I was like, okay, like, I don't know if he's trying to sell me on his agency. Like who really like, it's so rare to find one guy or gal who's that way. But to say like a whole agency is that way. I was like, maybe we'll see. And then like, just getting to know each other. I was able to hop on a call with another one of their agents there. And then this last, not too long ago, you know, we got introduced to the founder and I was like, holy cow, like 
this agency truly is like one of the most abundant agencies I've worked with. And you guys aren't a small firm either. Like you have a, a big roster. Like you guys work with a lot of age, a lot of athletes and talent. So that's, that's dope to, to see that man, that you guys are, are thinking that way. So I got to ask you a question about you and then a question about max management. So how are you different and or better than the competition? We got someone listening right now. Why Alex scares a fave over any other agent in the country? Yeah, I mean, I'll never, I'll never come on anywhere and talk down on any of the other agencies. I got a ton of respect for everyone that's in this business. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, I've been in the sports industry now for about six years. So I've worked with all the agents from being back at my time at the NFL. Um, I've seen just about everyone out there. And then obviously on this side, you get to work with a ton more, as I alluded to, due to our collaboration. Uh, what sets us apart, uh, I, I just think that we're the name of the game is obviously always finding marketing endorsement deals, but we really do take an approach of being there for your day-to-day -day management. We're not just, we're not just going to, you know, source deals for you. Everyone can do that. A lot of people can go out and use their connections, but it's truly being there um, from the day one, anything you need, we're always there for you. We're, you know, we're a team of about six. So it's not like we're a big team running around like a lot of the three letter agencies that have, 15, 20 different people in a marketing uh, department, but uh, we know we're good at what we do. We've cultivated a ton of relationships, whether that be on the brand side, my relationships, the league that I was working there, you know, four years, the NFL. So we have a, a lot of different people that, you know, we can differentiate in different uh, verticals that we can attack, but it's really just that, that day-to-day -day management that I say that really does separate us, getting us, you know, uh, involved in business ventures. It's not always just about, uh, you know, upfront cash, equity in companies, introducing you to, you know, individuals like yourself that we think can provide value. Like that's an instance where we don't monetarily make anything off of an introduction to you, you know, like we're helping them find the right people to run their, you know, finances. We're finding people to help them invest in real estate. We're helping them buy real estate and introducing them to realtors when they move, when they go to a different team, when they're in a new city, if they're going somewhere, we hook them up with, you know, different restaurants and tickets to games. So mm -hmm. really being there in their true 360 management and not just always looking for what's going to make us a quick dollar. It's really trying to invest our time into the, our clients and making sure that we're doing what's right by them. Yeah. And I actually want to touch on that. That's one thing I really admired. Um, when we first talked about like trying for me to earn your business, um, that was one thing is that you didn't once ask me how you would get compensated. Like it was just immediately you're like, send me your deck. Let's review that information. What's your process with clients? What's your turnaround? What's your X, Y, Z? Like this is a huge questionnaire. Right. And I'm like trying to like, I'm like, dang, this guy's really vetting me and not really caring how he's going to win. It's about how his athlete wins. So again, for other athletes that might be listening to this, what does that process look like for you, whether it's whether it's your own or the company's? Um, what does that vetting process kind of look like? So that way, when you do make an introduction, they have the peace of mind of knowing what kind of goes into their relationship before you even make intros. Yeah. So as far as a vetting process, it, it, it does go back to kind of what I said earlier as far as, you know, trusting in good people, understanding if you came 
you know, reference from someone else that you're, that I, I view in a high regard, that it's probably someone that I should be giving my attention to. And, and at the end of the day, when it comes down to the, you know, not asking for compensation or anything like that, I, I believe that that stuff all always works itself out. And that's not what I'm, you know, it's, we're always here where it's a job, we're here to get paid, but I'm not in it for the money. I'm not here, you know, for all of that. So really the vetting process, when it comes to individuals like yourself, asking you the right questions, being a good judge, uh, judge of character, I could tell that you're a good person. So, you know, that's a, that's an easy way to start working with someone and then making sure that you're, you show me the work that you've done. You know, that's what matters. You know, if you're someone that is just getting started in the industry and you may not have a whole list of, of, of prior work, it's harder for me to trust you and see what you're doing. But if you come to me and show me, I've done this, I, I do that. This is my network. And that was something that was also, you know, interesting to me is you were going to help me with the networking piece as I was going to help you with your network mm -hmm. piece. So that's where in my world, that's where the compensation comes from. It's like, how can our, our two circles become one? So it was the same, same way that I wasn't asking you for compensation. You weren't asking me for compensation either. Yeah. So that's a good, you know, I had a good judge of character right there. The same way that you viewed me is the way I viewed you. And that's why I think that there was, you know, again, to use the term again, synergy between us to try to make something work and get and build a partnership together. Yeah. And you kind of said it. So one thing like for people who like have already been following me and understand my story, everything changed for me as an entrepreneur when I decided to stop trying to make money and I stopped selling early as an entrepreneur. And I told my wife one day, I was like, Hey, I'm not going to sell anybody for a year. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, how are we going to make money? I was like, don't worry about it. Like I'm just going to shake hands with everybody and I'm going to try to help them get business. And I feel like that's going to reward me. And so that's what I started doing. I was like, I would connect people with other people and that's how I, my network exploded. And then the same thing with you. Like I came to you, I was like, look, bro, like this is what I'm doing. I would love to bring you value because I love the guy that you're working with and I want to help him on us. I don't see him win. So how, where can I bring value? I don't care to make money. It's like, it is what it is. I'll get it later. But like, how can I help you to win today? And I think that's what like really set everything off. Um, I agree. Yeah. That's honestly, it's an it's approach I, you know, I, I've tried to take as well. Um, it's not always and that. That's even when I structure deals for our clients, it's, it's not always about taking the most money. It's not always about every deal is not a good deal. It's, it's really about finding what's right. And although there might be something that might make me more money, if I truly don't feel it's a right fit, I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to invest time in it. So it, it's like I said earlier, the name of the game is obviously to make money. It's, it's a <laughs> profession. This is what we do, but there are stipulations to it and the way that I go about it. And that's not to say everyone else goes about that way and not to say that what I do is the right way or what someone else does is the right way. It's just what I've, I've found successful for me and what's led me to relationships like this, which is, you know, helping our clients and, and really just trying to build my own brand while also building the athlete's brand, just being, you know, an overall good person and doing good work. Yeah. And you kind of said it right. Like building the personal brand, um, that happens a lot. Like as you start to scale, you probably see it because you represent athletes. I've seen it because I'm kind of like in that influencer space and I re represent athletes and I'm sure the athletes see it. We get deals presented to us all the time to make money that we don't really stand behind, right? And so now people are going to start seeing that you're almost like a sellout because you're trying to just make money. Right. And they, anytime you post, it's promotional. So yeah. help me understand, and this is uh, one question I wanted to ask you, 
is what is a tip that you could give us that helps you be more marketable for one and relate to your followers to where you can post content and still be like that normal natural human that they can you know relate with without being like overly salesy or just like posting stuff just for the sake of making a little bit of money. Right. I mean, one thing that we always do when we're negotiating is we always try to give our, when we're working with a brand is give our clients at least creative freedom when they're working with a brand mm -hmm. to be able to push a product. If we're pushing, you know, if we're, if we're promoting a certain something, if it, whatever the caption is, we, if we're working on Instagram or TikTok or any, you know, we always want to have creative freedom. Cause we want it, to, we want it to sound like it's our client who's actually speaking. You know, when you're working with a brand, there's nothing worse than when your audience can tell that it was written by someone who's working. Mm -hmm. for the brand. Yeah. So you, we want to stay as organic as possible. And at the same time, listen, that's, it's easier said than done. It's pretty cliche. Like only work with the brands that you truly believe in. Mm -hmm. That's great. Not everyone has that luxury. If you're really, if you're trying to make money off the field, you don't always have the luxury to just work with the brands that you love, you know? But you should believe in the brand's mission statement and what they're about and what they embody. You know, don't sell yourself for, for something you don't believe in. So that's our job as representation to when we get an offer to take it to our client and to say, I believe in this or I don't. And this is why I don't tell our, we you know myself, Max, we don't tell our clients to take a deal or to pass on a deal. We just present them with the facts. And if they believe that it's it's right for them based on what we tell them, then we'll move forward and we'll do it to the best of our ability to let them have creative freedom and and voice throughout whatever the campaign is to make sure that what they're doing is promoted and it sounds most like them and not like someone else behind a camera that's working for a brand that's trying to push a, me a message that may not align with what our client is is truly about. Yeah, I was going to say like if if I'm on someone else's channel, it's like they just want to use kind of like my face. Maybe it's there's a little bit of that, but yeah, like how you said, if I'm posting on my platform, it has to be like my voice. I think that's really big. So if you're, if you're looking for deals, make sure you, that's the one caveat, at least you can have that flexibility. You always want, yeah, you always want some sort of say and freedom. You know, if a brand's coming to, to us and they want one of our athletes, they clearly have interest in them. But, and with that, come stipulations and ways that we move about with our clients and we're not going to just let a brand post whatever they want on behalf. You know, there's, there's collaborative effort. And at the same time, we have just as much as the responsibility to our clients we do to the brand, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not, you know, that's, we, we go both ways. Cause at the end of the day, if I, if I don't do right by the brand, I'm putting our other clients in jeopardy of ever working with them again. So yeah. just as much as I want to protect my client and make sure that they're happy, I also want to protect the brand and make sure that they're happy as well, because I have a responsibility to the other 30 plus clients on our list that I would, if I want to work with this brand, I want them to, the brand to go back to their higher ups and say, we had an amazing time working with this client who's represented by Max Management and they were a pleasure to work with. They did right by us. Let's go back to them. Right. That's the, you know. Getting a brand to come back is always the hardest thing. Yeah. You know, it, it, getting a deal once that happens, making sure that comes back again. That's what we're always chasing. So making sure that I do right by the brand is just as much as I do right by my client and always setting those expectations on both sides. You have to set expectations with your client. You have to set expectations with the brand. 
make sure that everyone is just operating under the same under the same wavelength. And that's honestly our job is to make sure that they're everyone is happy at the end of the day. And that's how you build, you know, multiple campaigns with a brand, multiple partnerships. You keep your clients happy. So it's a, it's a balancing act between both. Got it. I love that, man. Um, this is a question that I thought of not for athletes listening, but for entrepreneurs listening that maybe want to get into the role that you're in today. Right. Um, working with athletes, it's so funny. I've heard, I've heard, I hear this a lot, right? A lot of people want to get in the space working athletes because they think they make all this money and it's going to be amazing, right? You have a high caliber client, but they don't realize that, and this isn't for all athletes. I've noticed it's not the easiest to get them to communicate, get them to follow up and do things, right? So you truly have to have a love and a passion for your work and for the athlete. Because I think if you start thinking about the money in the slightest, you're going to hate your job. It's going to be very difficult. So help me understand, especially for listeners and also for athletes and other people listening, what have you done to kind of help build that relationship with athletes so they understand that you have their best interest at heart that helps with the communication and with the follow through? I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's really just goes back to always being, you know, like, not everything is going to go as it's supposed to when you're a lot of times projects get messed up, campaigns get messed up, but always being there for the client whenever they need anything, being there at the drop of the hat, you know? So it really is about the, the love of it. Of course, you can make a lot of money in this industry. Um, if you're good at it, just like you in most industries, if you're good sure. at it, you can make the money. And um, at the end of the day, there's no, there's no profession that comes without stress. There's no profession that comes without uh, issues and problems and dilemmas that pop up throughout a day. So uh, if, if this is what you love, if you want to be in sports, then yeah, it, it's amazing. It's not easy to crack into. Um, and it's even harder to stay relevant. So those are the two things. And it, go, it really goes back to surrounding yourself with the right people. I, I truly believe that you're only as good as the team and the people you surround yourself with. So throughout my entire life, I've always tried to surround myself with people that think the same as me, that believe in the same things as me um, and, and believe in me and trust me. So it's really about if you want to succeed in this game and in this industry, you have to really be surrounded by a good team. I'm fortunate enough to have been surrounded by a great team when I was at the NFL. I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by a good team here now at Max Management uh, a boss and Max who who truly invests in the company, invests in his employees and believes in us, invests in his clients, believes in his clients. So empowers us to do the same. So that's really the, you know, the, the golden ticket, the magic key to trying to, to work in this industry. Um, but it, like I said, it doesn't, doesn't come without its issues. But again, what, what job does? Everyone goes through their, their stresses with, with their jobs on a daily basis. So I'm lucky enough to say that I love what I do. Um, and, and you'll take those, those stressful moments for the wins. You know, I need a big time. Yeah. That's, and I tell people that all the time. I'm just like, dude, like, especially cause I'm in finance. So if I'm able to be an advocate for them financially to where my guy could know, like he's in year three and he knows that if he never played another down that he's financially set for the rest of his life. And it took us three, four years. And they're just like, wow, like how? And I'm just like, dude, like, that was worth all the headaches. That was worth the rejection. Like 
the hours and hours of time to put into this because you like you change someone's life. And when you can do that, like think of the generations that affects. Um, right. And I didn't tell you to say this either. When you talked about having the team, bro, the whole point of this podcast, Breaking Huddle, is the right team around you. When you break the huddle and you get to work with your boys, it's you have all the guys that you are going to be in the trenches with. And if there is not chemistry with every single person in that huddle, you're going to lose. And so for you finding the right team, it's everything. So going along with that, you'd said that you had a tenure at the NFL and then you went to max management without getting too personal. If you don't need to, I don't, I don't really honestly know the story. What led you from working with the NFL to working with a team like max management um, and what about Max Management caught your attention that really made you want to work for them? Yeah, 100%. So even before the NFL, I was at CAA for, for two years. So great team that I worked with there as well. You know, I've always been surrounded by great people. Um, but that's where it started. I was at uh, CAA for two years. I was working in brand partnerships. I wasn't in sports. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a boss at the time who was, I was an assistant. He was the agent. Um, just an absolute incredible person, Matt Wind at CAA, um, took me under his wing. He loved sports. So we were always, we were just had such a great relationship. Anytime we were trying to close deals and, and he, he was in the brand partnerships, he was talking to brands every day. We were always trying to leverage those relationships to try to get CAA sports clients, some deals. So I've, I've always been in sports, uh, loved it my whole life, wanted to pursue his career in it. Um, but again, was, was working in brand partnerships. So I uh, didn't really see an angle to try to get into sports. It wasn't happening at CAA, but I was fortunate enough to get connected with someone at the NFL right as I was leaving CAA. They were looking for a position within player operations, which were, uh, was where I was for four years, um, handling everything from the, the league initiatives, marketing campaigns, um, legends campaigns, everything from the legends community on anything that was basically player facing from the league. I was, I was handling um, and with that came working with a ton of agents and, uh, I worked with max management throughout my four years there. Funny enough, max, the owner of the company, um, him and I are from the same hometown. So we've known each other for probably 17, 18 years now we've known each other. Um, and when I went to CAA, we stayed connected cause we were both in the industry. Then I went to the NFL stayed even more connected because we started working. I started doing some, you know, bringing some deals to his, his clients, um, which are now our clients um, for NFL opportunities. And um, we had just always kept a, a strong relationship and it came time where I was looking for, to get back to that agency side, like I was at CAA, I always knew that the end goal really was to end up back at an agency. So I uh, met with Max just to catch up. We had dinner one night and he said he was looking to expand the team, was looking for someone with uh, a lot of my uh, characteristics and qualities and, and everything that I learned from my time at CAA to my time at the NFL with my relationships throughout those two, uh, two industries, two companies in the industry. And uh, so he, he offered me a job. So I've been here now with the company, just hit my one year mark on March 1st. So I'm still new to the company, but um I've already seen the company grow, you know, rapidly since I've been here. We've, we've almost doubled in size in the past two years. Um, and what really made me choose Max Management was one, having already worked with Max for my years at the NFL and, and knowing him for so long. I knew, knew the type of person he was. I knew the vision that he was trying to create. I also saw 
the opportunity being at a smaller company, uh, at a boutique agency, I saw the opportunity of growth and where we could go as opposed to being at a massive ind- you know, agency such as uh, CAA, like it was where I was, I, where I was at. And, how much harder it is to navigate and move through and move up through the ranks is a lot more difficult. And I saw a lot more opportunity here and I saw the vision that, that Max was, was building and uh, it really aligned with my vision. So that was uh, what really drew me to the company itself. And um, honestly, I could say the best decision I've ever made in my life as far as, you know, my professional careers is, is, is joining Max. And it's been an amazing year. I'm excited to see where this year takes me and where the next 10, 15, 20 years takes me in the, with this company. I, I believe in it. I, I really do. I, I want to spend the rest of my career working at, you know, for max management too. So it's uh, not a lot of people can say that. I know we're in the world of, of where it's what's next. For me. It's, next for me. It's, yeah. it's instant gratification. What's next? How do I jump to the next spot? How do I get more money? How do I get this? Um, I truly honestly can say that from the bottom of my heart that I really do believe in the company and I believe in what we're doing. So I see myself being a, a lifelong member of this team as long as I'm, as they want me here. As have you. <laughs> yeah, as long as they'll have me, as long as my key card still works. Yeah. Then, um, I'll be showing up. It's not like the Jamal Adams where he's like trying I to know, get right? into, the, into the facility and it's not working. Throw that oh, in there. But, yeah. So no, truly, truly blessed. Love it. Love what I'm doing. Love our clients. Mm-hmm. Love everything that this um, company stands for. So it really was an easy decision. I was looking for the next move. I had other opportunities out there, but this is the one that made sense for me. And I think looking back on it, no, um, no regrets whatsoever. Knew I made the right decision. Going Love that. Management. Yeah. I've had, I've only had brief encounters with the team and I think, I think the world of them already. So that's, that's awesome. So now I want to talk a little bit about um, some of like your guys's talents, kind of what sets you apart and kind of like firsthand experiences. Right. So I'd love to hear a little bit about um, some of the deals that you've done. Number one, I'd love to kind of hear like what's the most creative deal that either you've done or that you were a part of. Um, what's a deal that you're most proud of? Um, yeah, let's just kind of start with those two. So the most creative deal and what's a deal that you're super proud of? Yeah, so most creative, really... A lot of them are pretty standard, you know, there's differences in language and money and compensation and whatnot. But um, I'd probably say, you know, we did a deal for for Robert Griffin III with the NFL. They were launching a credit card um, and that was my old team. The NFL came to me because they knew we had Robert. They wanted him for this. They did a commercial spot for it. So, which is always cool when you can get a nationally, you know, televised commercial with one of your clients in it that the NFL is pushing on their on their network daily. Um but really, it was just, what was creative about it was more of how we negotiated it as far as the usage rights and what the NFL got. Essentially, we cut down on 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 digital usage so that if a year from now, because this the campaign happened during the season, it was about like halfway to three quarters through the way of the season. Basically, we cut down on their digital usage so that if they can't use the commercial going into next season meaning that if they really want to re-up, they got to come back to us mm. and it's more money for our clients. So we gave them a certain amount of usage, but with the clause that if they were looking to either find new talent to run with this campaign again for next year, the usage ends, or if they're looking to 
run this spot again, they got to come back to us and we get more money for it, et cetera, et cetera. Or we renegotiate a new deal to do another production day and with, with the spot. So mm -hmm. that was probably the, one of the more creative ones. And that was one that, um, Max was heavily involved with, with me. Uh, we saw it, you know, from the beginning to the end through together. So that happened over the summer or that was actually, you know, it wasn't even the summer in the fall. So got that one done. That was probably the most creative as far as one that, uh, that I'm most proud of probably our partnership with, um, with white flag and Justin Simmons. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're not familiar with white flag, white flag is, uh, an app that is, uh, for mental health and it's, um, its goal and mission is to support it's peer to peer. So essentially anyone can go on there. And if you're ha struggling with any sort of mental health, you can go on there and just talk to someone who's going through something similar to you. Yeah. Justin Simmons has been um, incredibly outspoken about mental health and, and the role that it's played in his career um, and taking care of his mental health. So that was one that I did for him that happened last summer. He got equity in the company. So he's a partner. He's the chief uh, advocacy officer of white flag. So he's, um, ingrained in the company's fabric that was um definitely the one that i'm most proud of and again that was an equity play it's not it's not something that we're seeing a cash component that anything's getting kicked back it's really something where we saw our client is passionate about something something that i believe in that has affected my life my family's life with mental health so it's something that made sense for me to pursue to try to help this company um, that's a startup and it's really growing and uh, it's something that obviously Justin believed in too. So it was a no brainer across the board. And that's one that I look back and it was one of my first deals that I did do. So I'm, I'm proud of that from that perspective, being the first ones that I've done and, and obviously the, the magnitude of what the, the uh, company stands for as well. Dang, that's beautiful. And that's, and that's, what's so cool, right? It's like we're, you fast forward a few years and we're over here talking about, you know, how you've grown in your career, how you found success and it's like, what's the, what's like the most important deal you've made? And it's one that didn't even make money. <laughs> it's it's yeah. one that, yeah. that meant something, right? It may make money down the road and whatnot. Right. It's an equity player. Right. It's at, an equity yeah. player, right? And so like, that's what we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast was like, I didn't come to you to make money. You didn't come to me to make money. It's like, where can we bring value? Like what makes sense? How can we change the world? Right. And the money takes care of itself. Just like this project. It's like, dude, we're talking about the one, like your favorite project you ever done. And like, and it was, you know, something that just impacts the world, right? Like that's right. so much more yeah. valuable. That's cool. Awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that. So now um, help us understand what do brands, so speaking to athletes, especially right now, like NIL, more than anything, because like yeah. college guys and girls are seeing this for the first time. Um, NFL guys and, and pro players, like they see it a little bit more. But what are brands looking for? when it comes to hiring, because I've even done that too, right? I've sent you probably a hundred names. I'm like, who from this list do you, can you do a deal for? Like, who are you, who are you looking right. for? So I've never even asked that exact question to you, right? So even I'm curious, yeah. what are you, what are brands looking for when it comes to hiring an athlete for uh, speaking engagement? Yeah. So when it comes to NIL, it's a whole different world. Uh, we joke about it. We say in within the our company, we say it's the wild, wild west because mm -hmm. it's just, it's so new. No one knows what's going on yet. You know, as much as that's been done in the area, there's still so much more for everyone to learn. Um, so when it comes to our NIL approach, uh, we, we take a very slow and steady methodical approach. And what brands are looking for is it's not always necessarily the, the Heisman hopeful that's going to be bringing in 
a hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year in in marketing. It's your name and your notoriety don't matter as much as when it does and it gets to the to the to the professional level. That's when your name holds a little bit more weight. So that's why I think you're seeing on the NIL landscape, you're seeing a lot of uh, right now females are are dominating the nil landscape. bro livy dunn it is like her evaluation is like three point gymnast yeah gymnast uh female basketball players, yeah, volleyball players. Or... because at the end of the day they're marketable and they they speak to a, whole, a bunch of different people in their audience and what i mean by that is who's following them on instagram who's following them on tiktok so if a brand is trying to leverage a demographic they look at what your following is. They don't look at, it doesn't matter how, how many touchdowns you scored last year or how many touchdowns you threw or how many rushing yards you have. If you only have 10,000 followers, there's not much brand exposure there. So your, your stats don't necessarily matter on the NIL landscape as much as they do, you know, when you get to the professional level. So I really think that brands are looking, it's really about who are you? Who are you when they look at your page? Who do they see? What, what kind of content are you producing? So I really think on our RN, when it comes to NIL athletes, it's one, do we think that they have a legitimate shot to go to the next level and whatever their you know respective sport is? Do we think they have a shot at the next level? Where are they going to be you know selected? And that's based on projections that we make, that the industry makes. And then if, it, if we don't think that they have a shot at the next level, but they may fall into more of that influencer type category where they're still incredibly, uh, incredibly, uh, you can monetize off them off their Instagram or their TikTok because they're following. I think that's, that's an area that we look as well. So it's really, do we think they have a shot at the next level? Can we represent them? So if that's a player, that's NCAA football, do we think they're going to the next level? If they are, where do we think they're going to be selected as far as drafted? If they're not, but they're still, they've got 300,000 followers, then they can be an influencer. They don't have to be a professional athlete. They can be an influencer and they still appeal to all of these different brands. So that's really the approach we take. And it's, it's something that uh, as I head up our talent division, I take on like a full responsibility of really combing through that and seeing who we think uh, is worth it in the long run. And then, you know, I bring it to the team and get their thoughts as well. I don't make these decisions on my own. It's, sure. it's a full collaborative uh, collaborative effort of who we think can actually we can help too it's not always about who we think we can make the most money off of it's who we think we can actually help can we help them build their brand mm -hmm. and then we have the conversation with them if, if it gets to that point you know what are you looking for what are your expectations and then we figure out how we can best service them right and so even for you right like <clears throat> you guys have kind of like a minimum i would imagine uh requirements for an athlete if they if you want to even represent them right like it's not just right any athlete who could be a bench guy who, like you said, doesn't have any followers. He's like, Hey, help me out. And you're like, bro, you're going to be wasting your money with me because nobody wants to pay you. <laughs> right. So like when that, if that for anybody listening, who is in that situation, who wants to be represented, they want some brand deals, they want to make money off the field. What are some tips that you could offer that can help them build their brand, their exposure, and just things that you or other brands are interested in seeing. Right. I mean, first things first, be yourself, you know, don't try to be someone else uh, that you saw on Instagram or TikTok or wherever. Uh, truly be yourself. 
And then if you want to be marketable, you want to grow your following, you want to do these types of things, invest time in that. It takes time. You know, you don't just, like I said, just because you're good at football, just because you're good at basketball doesn't mean people are going to follow you. Right. You got to, you got to post content. You got to create content. You have to show who you are. People want to see, they follow you for, to see your, your day to day. I mean, why I'm sure you could look at the influencers that you follow. Why do you follow them? You like the content they post. Yeah, exactly. You like something about them. You like with the clothes they wear. You like the lifestyle that they live. You like this. You like that. So you have to you have to get out of the mindset of I'm just an athlete. You're more than that. You're more than that. You're your own brand. So you have to show what that brand is. You have to create that. And that's what we we help you. We're not we're not saying just go out there and do it on your own, but you need to, you need to want to do it. You can't, we, there's nothing, I can't sit here and, and create content for you and post for you and make you do this, make you do that. If you want to be marketable, if you want brand deals, you have to be willing to put in the work that it takes to get there and really showcase yourself. I mean, some of the best in the world at it on the athlete front, you look at Juju, you look at oh, Tyree gosh, Kill. Yeah, like, killing those, those dudes put in work and a lot of that times comes with scrutiny too. I mean, you've seen the stuff that, you know, obviously Juju has taken his fair share of, of criticism over the years, but Plenty. that's who he is. Yeah. That's what he wants to do. And he, and he puts in the work and he's got, he's just as successful off the field as he is on yeah. the field. And it's because he took the time to put in the work to build his brand and, and he does stuff that's organic to him and who he is to his true self. Well, and what you just said, I had like a quick thought, especially when it comes to contracts in the NFL, not all that money is guaranteed. You can get a big contract, but that's not guaranteed money. You get some brand deals. You don't put your body through the same stuff. And you look at Juju's killing it in that space, or even a lot of these guys who are like on Twitch and gaming, that's guaranteed money. They just made the deal. They have someone pay to get the eyes and they didn't have to go get banged up, you know, get a CTE to get that money, right? So, 100%. yeah, building that brand, man, that's that's really big. So, um, now for you, when it comes to um, advice that you have, you kind of shared a little bit for like athletes to build their brand and stuff. What about for aspiring agents, right? You understanding your path and your story that got you from A to B to where you're at today. What kind of advice do you have for somebody who who wants to be an agent that wants to represent athletes, be in this world? Like, what is required of them aside from like the testing and you know licensing and stuff like that? Like, what advice do you have for an aspiring agent that wants to get to where you're at? Yeah, um, and like I said earlier, the it's it's tough to break in this industry. It's it's tougher to stay in it, but. Uh, you know, when I'm always talking to anyone like a college, uh, college student that reaches out on LinkedIn that wants to just chat and hear about you know, what I do, if I could help them, I always tell them, you know, they're like, I can't break into the industry. I can't get the job. It's not always about just getting the sports job. If you want to be in sports, it's about, I say, be adjacent, be sports adjacent. So how can you go, if, go land another job like I did with, with CAA, I wasn't in the sports industry there, you know, I was just working in brand partnerships, but it was, I was able to translate what I learned there to get me the job at the NFL. Mm -hmm. So just cause you're not getting through door one, doesn't mean if you take a step to your right and go through door two, that there's not a path to get to where you want it this way. So I always say sports adjacent, it doesn't always have to be, I'm working for the New York giants. It could yeah. be, I'm working for a, a marketing agency that works with brands and you make a good connection with an agent and you network and you work that way. So I think 
always staying, stay relevant in the industry, you know, keep up on the trends, what's going on. You know, it was five, 10 years ago, you could see that athletes were starting to take more control of who they are and what they, what they do and what, where they're going to go. And for a while I wanted to be like a certified NFLPA agent doing contracts. I didn't want it. I didn't even think about doing the marketing side. And as the industry started to change, I started to realize, I think that this is the better path for me and it all kind of worked out. So make sure you're just staying up to date on what's going on in the industry. Make sure you're meeting the right people. Make sure you're reaching out to the right people, network as much as you can. Cause at the end of the day, that's what, that's what our job is, is to know people, is to, to network, to connect, be the ultimate connector. So the more people you know, the better. And if you can't break into sports at whatever field you're in, and that's really where you, where you want to be, just just be sports adjacent and learn something that you can take with you that you can still translate to that next level. I love that. The more hands you shake, the more money you'll make, right? And that's our industry, just meeting people. Um, right. Dude, the, the advice you just gave me. So <clears throat> when I was very young, um, ex- getting ready, like kind of going through college and figure out my career, I knew I was dead set on being a management consultant. I love the operations of businesses. I wanted to go to like Bain. I wanted to be high up and like help these companies. And I went and got lunch with a management consultant and I asked him the same kind of question. I'm like, what kind of advice could you give me like working this path? And he said, my son wants to work for Bain. He wants to be a management consultant. And he said no to like five different offers to be a management consultant at a different company. It's been 12 years and he's still not a management consultant. So like what you said, man, it's like, you have no idea. So what this guy told me is that take every single opportunity and max it out because you have no idea who you're going to meet and what path is going to take you down. And now I run this agency, right? Like now I'm in money management and I'm helping connecting athletes to you. I'm connecting athletes with money. Like I'm doing different things and I'm so much happier and I don't have a nine to five. Like I create my own wealth. I create that freedom because I just took opportunities as they came and I scaled so much faster. So much like what you said, like, yeah, these guys might have a dream of being an agent, but go take the relevant jobs that put you in that position. Obviously not the ones that are like career suicide, but take on the deals that that help you scale, right? Because you're going to learn, you're going to learn new skills that are relevant. Like how you said you were like on the brand side, you said it wasn't in sports, but at the same time, it's like, that's super relevant. Because brands are paying the athletes. So yeah, you are in sports. And then it directly relates to what you do today. And now you're that much better for it because of the experience you have. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, too often it's focused on the end goal and not the, you know, the way to get there and the journey. And it's not a really- It's gratification, man. It kills it all. Yeah, I think that a a lot of times people think that there's just a specific steps you need to take to get to where you want to go. And at the end of the day, everyone's journey to where they got is so different. Even from my journey to the next agent that does exactly what I do, we all didn't follow the same path. So there's no cookie cutter way to get there, but stop focusing on, I want to be in the sports. I want to be an agent. I want to be this. I want to be that. It's like, focus on how do I, how do I take advantage of today to be able to get me there? Because that's not, that's the long-term goal. If that's where you want to be, but Take the little steps that it takes to get there and not always focusing on, oh, this is the actual right way to get there. You don't know. It might be. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, it's kind of what I what I did. And at the time, I didn't see that either. I was I remember being 
in brand partnerships at CAA and I was sitting there thinking like, damn, how do I, how do I get to, to, to an agency to actually work in sports? How do I get this? And you really don't see it until you step back and look at the full picture. Like I do now, six years later. And I think, wow, what I did at CAA got me to NFL. What I did at the NFL got me to max management. So those are little steps. And at the time, you don't understand that. But it, it takes a little bit of time and perspective to really sit back and, and appreciate those things. But it's, it's really, it is all about the process. And if I were to continue to sit there and always think, damn, I really want to be an agent. I really want to be an agent. Maybe I would have missed my opportunity elsewhere to, to learn what I learned. Maybe I would have missed the opportunity to go to the NFL if I was too focused on, on one thing or the other. So it, it, it all works out in the end. I'm fortunate enough to say that. I know that everyone is, is fortunate enough to, to say those types of things. But I think if you put in the right work, if you plan accordingly and you really try to do it, it's possible. And, and you find the right people in the industry and they'll help you get there. And that's really what it's all about. Love it, man. Awesome. And then um, to kind of start to wrap things up, I want to know a little bit about um, the, like the requirements to get to where you're at. So you mentioned you wanted to be the contract attorney or lawyer agent contract agent um and i know that comes with you know having the degree getting the nfl pa certifications like all the you know steps to become that to where you're at right now as as a uh, sports marketing agent and correct me if i I use the wrong terminology for your role but does that require education licensing nfl pa approval like what does it take to do what you do yeah no so for for me there's no requirement to do on the marketing side, but um, if you wanted to become a contract agent, you either have to have your master's or your law degree, and then you have to pass the NFLPA exam, which they administer like every every July, and then you pay your PA fees and all of, all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, for my end, no, you don't need that. I do have my master's, so if I did technically want to pursue that, uh, I, I could. Fair. But yeah, but at, at our current spot where we are with, with max management, it really... It doesn't make sense for us. We're really, we stay in our lane as far as marketing. We have a ton of relationships with other contract agents um, that always come to us and look for us to do marketing for their clients. So it would almost be a contract, a conflict of interest if all of a sudden someone on our team went and got certified. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're handling a lot of marketing for for some other certified agents, clients. So it's it would be a little conflict of an interest as, as far as that goes. So it would kind of mess with the business yeah. model that we run over at, at Max Management. But no, as far as as the marketing side, nothing is is really required. Um, when you start signing clients, you do register with the PA, and they'll know that you're on file as as, as far as as the paperwork and whatnot. But um, okay. no testing or anything. Really but when required. you do that to get in with NFLPA, right, and let them know that hey, I signed X, Y, and Z. Do they have any list of requirements as like a, as for marketing? For to do marketing, yeah, like so. You um, just said you had to let them know. Is it more just like, hey, here's what I'm working with, or is it? Do you need? Yeah, so basically, your client signs the signs paperwork on your behalf, like saying, "I this is my trusted, you know, oh, cool. MRN is what it's called." So <laughs> I'd be you'd be on the MRN for your client. So they have to physically, uh, the athlete has to physically fill out paperwork saying, like, "This is who." If any NFL related deals are brought to your client, it'll, it'll come, like say it would come to me or we come to max. So that's based on our clients filling out proper paperwork, informing the NFLPA. These are, these are who are representing me on the marketing side. Love it, man. Love it. 
Well, Alec, this has been super enlightening, man. It's been great. I think we've gotten a lot of value for multiple verticals of individuals listening. So I appreciate you taking the time, man. Um, what's the best way for people to stay in contact and stay up with you? Like, are you on social media? What's the best way to stay with Alec and with uh, Max Management? For sure. You can definitely follow me on Instagram. You can follow Max Management account. I uh, see all the stuff that we're doing. We're we're always trying to stay active on there, post some stuff that our clients are doing. It's a little bit of a slow time because it's the off season. But um, if you're interested, always go on there. You can always stay up to date on what we're doing. Like I was telling you earlier, our client Braxton Barrios just opened up a coffee shop um, in Jersey City, which is in, in, in New Jersey here, right over by, not too far from MetLife Stadium. So he just opened that up. That was one of his business ventures. We were over there with him today. So you'll find that on our page and, and stuff that our clients are doing throughout the off season, whether that's football camps, give backs, where they're vacationing, everything that they're doing, brand deals that we're, you know, we're, we're sourcing for them. A little bit of everything, always a good way to stay up, you know, on what we're doing. And like I said, you can always find me link from there. I'm sure you can, you can find me from your page as well. So sure. no, it was, it was, um, it was amazing getting on here. Always love talking with, with you in general. And then of course, anyone in this industry to give a little bit more insight into what we do and, and, and what goes on behind the scenes. So Happy to be on here anytime you need. Yes, always sir. love to always love chopping it up with stuff like this. So yeah, uh, looking forward to coming back on and and happy to happy to be here and, and help you build this brand and build this podcast, build this little book that we're we're new putting out. So looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, Alec. Thank you for everyone listening in. Uh, make sure you follow us, Eric McNeil, uh, McNeil X, Alex Skazafade, and Max Management. Thanks again. Have a wonderful rest of your day, Alec. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you.